Everybody, welcome back to Exploring the Lord of the Rings. This is session number 257. As tonight, we are going to begin to make progress towards getting out and escaping the snow at last. So, um, before we get going, quick, just a couple things. Uh, first of all, don't forget that as we are moving towards April, we are getting closer to our next regional moot, which is Tex Moot on April 15th down in San Antonio. Uh, I look forward to seeing folks down there. We've got a bunch of people signed up already. Uh, there's still plenty of time to sign up. If you're going to be able to make it down to San Antonio on the 15th of April, that would be awesome. If you're not, uh, then you can still sign up to join us online as well. So, uh, so there we go. Um, Anyhow, uh, I hope that uh, after that, the next moot is Maple Moot in Toronto in May. So we've got Texas in April and then uh, Canada, Ontario uh, in May. That's May 20th. So um, those are the moots that are immediately uh, coming up. Really excited about those. Looking forward to some of the more uh, chronologically remote moots as well. Uh, like Cascade Moot in Portland, Oregon, uh, which is coming up uh, in September. Back to Middle Moot in out, in, out in Waterloo, Iowa in October. New England Moot right here in New Hampshire, uh, also in October. Uh, and also a bunch of other really fun things in the works there. So, And of course, needless to say, in June, in the midst of all of it, is Myth Moot uh, down in Leesburg, Virginia, uh, which I really hope uh, folks will be able to join us for. Uh, if you if you have been to or enjoyed any of our regional moots, <clears throat> they are merely a taste of the fun uh, that is Myth Moot. Um, a beautiful four-day, three-and-a-half-day, basically, uh, conference uh, where we are down together there in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, wonderful, wonderful time down there. Um Aranos, we do need another Ozmoot. I'm already looking forward to getting back uh, to getting back down there. Um, we'll see. We'll see when that's able to happen. Uh, when does the when does room reservation for Mythmoot open? I do not know the answer to that question, but I do know that early bird pricing ends very soon indeed. Uh, like uh, this week, I believe the end of March is the end of it. Um, and also our, car, our call for proposals for uh, presenting stuff at Mythmoot is going to be closing pretty soon, too. Um, so, yeah, early bird pricing ends on March 31st. There, I was correct about that. Um, so, yeah, definitely something, to, um, definitely something to take advantage of. Okay, great. And lodging is almost ready. All right. The door ward knows much more than I about these things. So, uh, glad for confirmation there. Awesome. Yeah. So anyway, hope you'll be able to come uh, to Mythmoot and hang out with us, uh, hang out with us all for a couple days. It is uh, it is my favorite week of the year. Um, any news on the children's programming? Well, we have some. 
<laughs> that I know. I don't have myself more details than that, but I know it is going on. We have uh, uh, we're going to have a whole children's room this year, um, so we're we're going to be much more uh, uh, welcoming of families than we've ever been. So, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, As Dorward points out we've got kids signed up already. Really excited about that. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's gonna be it's gonna be good fun. We actually have several uh, early childhood uh, education folks uh, in our Mythmoot family. So um, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Anyway, um, so uh, so really hoping you can join us for Mythmoot this year. Um, oh, I see. Uh, what was the? Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. The Banura. Uh, who uh, caught up a while back and is finally live. Hey, uh, greetings from England. You're up uh, nice and late, that or nice and early. Um, <laughs> glad you could join us. Um, <clears throat> excellent. So, okay, so that is stuff that is going on. The uh, last thing I wanted to make sure to draw your attention to as we approach the end of the month of March and come into the month of April uh, is we're about to, of course, turn over a new month in the space program. Wanted to draw your attention to some of the awesome stuff that's going on there in our space program. Because if you haven't looked at it lately, it's like out of control. Like the, the awesomeness of our space program is officially out of control. So if you go to our homepage here, signumuniversity.org, go to non-degree programs and space at the top here. We got some general instructions and you can watch a nice fun video of me. And then there are links to BlackBerry, of course, which is our, our registration system where you can do all the things like actually signing up for stuff and everything. Um, but here are the list of confirmed modules for April. We've got all kinds of things. Um, all kinds of things going on. Um, and uh, you know, look at all these languages we're studying now. We've got, uh, we've got Korean starting. That's brand new, right? We've been doing Latin and Old English and Japanese for a while, conversational German, Greek. Um, we've got um, uh, our several uh, advanced language classes. I, I, I still don't know of anywhere, every, anywhere else that does this. This is such an important thing when you've already learned a language, but you need to maintain it so that you don't lose it, you know, get a chance to, to continue to practice it. Um, we, of course, have uh, Tolkien uh, modules and an anime module and uh, the ongoing journey through the history of Middle-earth. Uh, with James Tauber and John Garth, really, really exciting stuff. Um, and here's the whole schedule, if you want to see the whole schedule here. But um, pretty soon, we're going to have the whole list of... Um, I didn't even get down to the last section here. Of course, in the creative writing stuff, um, we've, got, we've, got our, our, we've got three different creative writing uh, modules going on. We've got um, our module on Sir Thomas Mowry. Oh man, uh, on Owen Barfield. Um, an introduction to Buddhism. So so much cool stuff that's happening here. So, oh cool, JJ. Glad to hear you've been doing Japanese. My son took uh, some of the Japanese uh, classes and really really liked it. Anyway, just a, a a really wide variety of stuff. And pretty soon, within the next week or so, they're going to be releasing the uh, candidate modules for uh uh for may uh so that you know all the options for May. And i was just looking through the the may candidate list and man it's amazing so many awesome things think klingon's coming back lots of other things happening there so anyhow um really really fun so if you haven't checked out our space program lately you totally should um it's uh it's a really really wonderful time all right um let us 
let us get back to the text. We shall, we shall not remain trapped on Karathras much longer. All right. You'll remember that Gimli was just stating that, uh, that Karathras has yet more snow to fling at them, right? And we were looking especially at the descriptions at the beginning and end of that passage last time. Legolas has uh, a helpful... This is, I think, now the second thing that Legolas has said. The first thing was uh, his comment about um, the rocks back in Holland, remember? Um, uh, here's his second speech. If Gandalf would go before us with a bright flame, he might melt a path for you, said Legolas. The storm had troubled him little, and he alone of the company remained still light of heart. If elves could fly over mountains, they might fetch the sun to save us, answered Gandalf. But I must have something to work on. I cannot burn snow. Well, said Boromir, when heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, as we say in my country. The strongest of us must seek a way. See, though all is still is now snow-clad, our path as we came up turned about that shoulder of rock down yonder. It was there that the snow first began to burden us. If we could reach that point, maybe it would prove easier beyond. It is no more than a furlong off, I guess. Then let us force a path thither, you and I, said Aragorn. All right. Um, <laughs> by the way, one of the things that I just can't help but mention, um, if you go to, I think it's in Treason of Isengard, the beginning of Treason of Isengard, uh, the first draft of this passage, Gandalf is like really harsh with Legolas. <laughs> Legolas makes some kind of comment like this, uh, and Gandalf shoots him down pretty violently. Um, and it, it's one of the things that is noticeable in the, uh, in the pattern of revisions, right? I mean, I was t I've been talking recently about how one of the things that you very frequently can see um, in Tolkien's revision is that he tends to um, sort of spell everything out more fully at first, and usually as he himself is working through the idea, and then he will cut it down. He will revise it back uh, so that he's being less explicit. Um, yeah, as an old bazaar, uh, which is a great name, by the way, um, as I recall, he does threaten to set Legolas on fire. Pretty sure there are threats of bodily harm from Gandalf in the first draft. Because as I was saying, one of the other trends that you can clearly notice in the revisions is that Gandalf... Gandalf's first reactions are always a little bit um, extra. <laughs> and then Tolkien kind of dials him back a little bit as he, uh, as he goes through. Um... Yeah, so, um, anyway, all right, so, what's going on with Legolas here? Um, uh, first of all, it is hard to miss in that first sentence, um, Legolas playing fast and loose with pronouns. Notice that? If Gandalf would go before us with a bright flame, he might melt a path for you. Right? Notice how he shifts from the first person to the second person? Um, this is the first hint that we get that Legolas is not bothered by the snow. Right? That he is not going to be impeded um, by, by the snow at all. Um, so he starts with us. He could go before us. Right? Like, let's let Gandalf go first, you know, with a bright flame. 
and then he might melt a path for you. Not, 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 not for me, right? Doesn't include himself in those who might need a melted path. Um, yeah, there it is, JJ. Thank you. I was hoping you would find it. Right, the original reads. It is a pity that elves cannot fly over mountains and fetch the sun to save them. Even I need something to work on. I cannot burn snow, but I could turn Legolas into a flaming torch. If that would serve, he would burn bright while he lasted. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay, Gandalf, that's a little, that's a little harsh. Just a little harsh. Um... Uh, but, um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, uh, it's all good fun, you know, between friends, um, <laughs> but, um, notice how the, the narrator then immediately, uh, adds on, right? The storm had troubled him little and he alone of the company remained still light of heart. Um, so we get the. The observation, so the, the, the context that we're given, and, and the narrator is, is clearly giving us context here, right? Um, context for Legolas's um, explanation, right? Uh, for his, uh, what, outburst, his, uh, his, anyway, the thing he just said, right? Um, if Gandalf would go before us with a bright flame, he might melt a path for you. Um it almost sounds like the narrator is anticipating that our reaction to that might be, uh, wait, is he making, is, is, is that a joke? Is he making jokes right now? I mean, everyone else is afraid of dying and Legolas is, you know, laughing it up at Gandalf's expense. Is that, is that what's happening here? Or is he just, um, or is he just clueless? Um, but we're told he's so his lightness of heart is emphasized by the narrator. Um, and it certainly does praise. It certainly does lighten the tone, um, lighten the tone significantly. <laughs> I like laugh it up. Elf ball door struck. That's a, that's good. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So it could Legolas be trying to push away despair Maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, Matt, I do think that this is an Elvesur narration moment. Yes, I do. Um, we haven't had any emphasis. Like, the, the whole description has been on what they've been experiencing, how they've been feeling, looking out at the, at the you know, at the snow. We were looking at that last time, the kind of disembodied look at it thinking about Karathras, perceiving the threat of Karathras. And now, now is when we get the, we get words from Legolas and comments about Legolas, right? Which we didn't get before because it would have broken the mood too much, right? Um, it is only now at, in a sense, this turning point, right? When they are about to turn and succeed in escaping, um, that we, we are, we are brought into that. We are transitioned into the Gimli has just given us the warning that they had best get out, right? They had best get down because Karathras has yet more snow to fling at them. They're out of firewood too. So one more, you know, storm like that, and they're going to be buried in the snow. So, I mean, not just the hobbits, right? They're all going to be buried in the snow. Well, apparently, except for Legolas. Um, so... 
Legolas is kind of ushering in this new new mood, new um, new tone, right? Um, what do we make of his statement? I don't think he's like joking exactly. Um, I don't think he's joking. I mean, if anything, it's a it's a lovely uh, and sort of bold image, right? So on the one hand, he, he's making a practical suggestion, right? Um, he he acknowledges that they need a path through the snow, and you know Gandalf was just making fire, like he just magically made fire burst into being. So like that was cool. Is he trying to? Um, is he trying to? What, build up? I mean, is it is it a kind of compliment to Gandalf, right? Um, you know, Gandalf, sure, you know, lit that wood on fire last night. Um, you know, maybe he can go in front of you and uh, go in front of us, right? Um, <laughs> Amrea says, the first person to speak up during brainstorming is never appreciated. It's so true. It's so true. Um, Yeah, oh, that's really interesting, Kovya. Um, it's interesting that he says, would not could. If Gandalf would go before us with a bright flame, he might melt a path for you. Um, rather than saying, uh, if Gandalf could go before us. So, like, he doesn't introduce any doubt as to Gandalf's capability, right? Like, I take it for granted that Gandalf is capable of producing flame and he could probably, you know, melt a path, a path for us, right? So, um... It's a, a humble suggestion, right? Uh, and not that I think that he's calling into question Gandalf's uh, a willingness to do it, right? It's just a, it's just a polite, a polite suggestion. If Gandalf would go before us with the bright flame after you, sir, right? He might melt a path for you. Um, and I do agree, Valori, that there is clearly uncertainty as to the extent of wizard powers. Um, and, uh, and, and, oh my goodness, Kunk, you are so right. Um, it would take so long to, I mean, even if you had like, you know, a backpack flamethrower with you melting through four feet of snow, you know, for a, over the course of, you know, a, a, you know, a long, that, that would, that would take a long, long time. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Oh man, um, Arden Cran, I was just having a long conversation about Gandalf's fireworks this past weekend. I was giving a, I, I gave a bunch of talks at uh, uh, ZenkaiCon uh, down in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, really fun uh, anime convention down there uh, that I was at with my son, and I, I was, I, I, as I gave a whole bunch of panels, and ended up having a long conversation about um, Gandalf's fireworks. Um, Basically trying to answer the question, is there gunpowder involved in Gandalf's fireworks? Don't know, but in the end, my uh, answer was probably not, actually. But anyway, um, which means, by the way, I suspect there isn't gunpowder necessarily at Helm's Deep either, but we'll get there. Um, anyway, uh, so... I guess my biggest question is, how serious of a suggestion is Legolas's suggestion? 
is he is he just um like politely and flatteringly overestimating Gandalf's power? Um or is he See, it's hard for me to imagine that he's teasing them, right? Cuz It's one thing to not yourself to 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 yourself still be light of heart when everyone else is feeling despondent about the, but when when they're being despondent about their survival, right? And they still see no way that they can survive and you know you can get out anytime you want to. Teasing them about their despondency on the brink of death seems insensitive to me, right? Like it's it's uh it's hard not to see that as in some way insensitive. Um Yeah, um but it could well be Yeah, I I, I like your emphasis there, Almerea. Um how do mortals get out of snow? Uh, melt it maybe, right? That is that this is a problem which is so alien to him that he's brainstorming badly because he doesn't know, right? What would he know about this? If you can run along the top of the snow, you would never have been confronted with this problem before, right? So, you know, but like, again, um, snark is, um, uh, Snark would be strange. It'd be strange to initiate the, the snark, right? Um, can all elves run on the top of snow? Bob, I have no idea. Uh, this is, um, and I'm not going to lie. Of all the things we're told about elves in the Lord of the Rings, this is the weirdest one, in my opinion. This is, we are on the cusp of the strangest elf scene, I think in the Lord of the Rings. I can't think of anything stranger in the Lord of the Rings that happens than this. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's possible. It's say, I, I guess I won't totally rule out snark. So Gandalf is definitely snarky in his response, right? Saltier, but still snarky. If elves could fly over mountains, they might fetch the sun to save us, answered Gandalf. Um, now, Gandalf responding with Snark is totally par for the course, right? It sounds... It, Bjorn, I'm not sure if he sounds insulting exactly. Um, if elves could fly over mountains, they might fetch the sun. The parallel, right? I mean, notice how he is, um, he has constructed his sentence, his statement, roughly parallel to, with Legolas's, right? It, it, it's, it's meant to be parallel. If Gandalf would go before us, you know, if elves could fly over mountains. Notice he immediately uses the word, he substitutes could for would, right? Because the point that he's going to make is that Legolas's suggestion is dumb and impossible, right? Um, he cannot burn snow. Duh. Right? Um, so... Uh, if elves could fly over mountains. And he clearly cites that as an obvious impossibility. Like, an impossibility as obvious as Legolas' suggestion should have seemed to him, right? 
if they could do this impossible thing, they might fetch the sun to save us, right? Um, Legolas coming back with the sun in tow uh, would be just about as helpful, or just about as likely, rather, uh, as Gandalf being able to melt a path through the snow with fire when he's got nothing to burn, right? Uh, so it's he is making it clear not only what he thinks of Legolas' suggestion, but exactly like um, he's parodying it, right? He, he, he's sort of showing ex exactly where its weaknesses lie. Um, fetching the sun sounds like a callback to the cow jumping over the moon at the prancing pony ardent crayon a bit. In uh, Certainly, it's actually what I like about that this sentence. If he just said, if elves could fly over mountains, they might, you know, he could have finished that sentence in uh, lots of different, uh, you know, unrealistic and comically impossible ways, right? But what he does, this idea of Legolas fetching the sun does make you think of the man in the moon coming down and drinking beer, right, at the pub and getting drunk and having to be bundled into the moon and everything, right? The, um, this sort of personification. If Le what, what is? Lego's going to, like, return hand in hand with the sun, right? Is, is the sun going to come bounding over the snow with Legolas, right, or, or, or flapping over the horizon in, in the company of Legolas if he could fly over the mountains? Um, so, yes, like, he... Gandalf points not just to, to an impossibility. Elves can't, in fact, fly over mountains. Um, but he also puts the entire thing within this sort of fairy tale mythic context, right? Maybe if we were in a story where you could go off and come back with the sun, right? Um, that would, that would, basically, that's the same kind of story. Like, an elf who can fly over mountains and return in company with the sun is just exactly, is a story on exactly the same level as the story of me going in front, burning, you know, just like what? Like, emitting fire from his hands or from his staff and melting a path through the snow. Uh, those two things are on equally, um, you know, I mean, yeah, it's cool. Like, it's a... It's a bold image, right? It's a it's a striking and noble image, but it's not uh, um, any closer to their daily experience than the idea of Legolas flying away and returning hand in hand with the sun. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I. Amaria, you're certainly right that this highlights that although Gandalf has magic, he is not some kind of uh, um, omnipotent solution to all problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and when he says, I cannot burn snow, right, he, he, what he's pointing to there explicitly is, yes, I can create fire, but it needs things to work on, right? That is, when I create fire, it's fire, right? Like, when I summon fire on the wood, the wood burned, and then the wood carried on burning, right? Um, if I summon fire, it needs wood to burn. It, 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 or, or elves, you know, as in the case of, of the first draft. Um, but, um, 
but yeah, yeah. Um, I do think that he is. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do think that he's talking about um, that although he is capable of doing things like summoning flame, like creating flame, he can't, he can't just, yeah, he can't just break the, the laws of physics. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yes, we are told Zeev that, um, they had burned all of their firewood. Yes. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was just going to say. I was going to make another point about that. can't remember what it was. Darn it. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was going to respond to the question, can Gandalf freeze to death? Oh, yeah, absolutely he can. Yeah. Yeah, Gandalf is totally killable. Um, his, uh, yeah, his body is killable and will die uh, if uh, frozen to death in the snow. Yep. Yep. Um, remember... Gandalf and the Hobbit uh, was like this close to being killed by goblins and wolves, right? Um, in the trees. He's pretty tough, sure, sure, you know, uh, uh, especially for his age. But, um, uh, but yeah, you know, I. But 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 his body is definitely is definitely killable. Um. Right, in <laughs> Kildalowin, as uh, as shall swiftly become relevant. In fact, um, yeah, yeah. Um, he can take a Balrog, not a Blizzard. Well, sure, uh, uh, Zambius. Uh, after all, a Balrog also is killable. Uh, blizzard less so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the difference between the first half and second half of Gandalf's comments, by the way, I think is important. Um, he starts, he flares up with his snarky response to Legolas, which makes perfectly clear um, how ridiculous he finds Legolas's suggestion, which I do, th in context, I really do think is um, naive on Legolas's part. Um, yeah, I mean, he's like snowed in, right? Hashtag not elf problems. Um, he has, he has no, con no, no good suggestions here. Gandalf's shift there in the middle. Uh, they might fetch the sun to save us, but I must have something to work on. I cannot build, I cannot burn snow, but I must have something to work on. He is, this is an admission of his weakness, of his inability. He can't, um... If he's grumpy, I, I think one of the reasons that he's grumpy is that, you know, he's like, first of all, like, don't you think I would have thought of that? I would have suggested that myself if I could do that. But secondly, um, like, I can't do that. And like, you know, no, now I have to like admit that I can't do that, essentially. Um, but, he, you know, he does explain. And heck, you know, I must have something to work on is actually one of the most direct explanatory statements about his own magic that Gandalf has ever given in all of the Tolkien corpus so far, actually. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that's important. Um, yeah, okay. 
Um, so yeah, no, I'm not saying I don't think he's insecure exactly. I think I'm 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 saying that he is um, he has been forced to admit his own weakness and that he cannot do. Um, like, you know, he cannot be like the this sort of mythic hero that Legolas has kind of envisioned there at the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, Everett. Um, Everett says, I feel like all new Lord of the Rings fans go through a but why can't Gandalf just zap it phase? Maybe Tolkien was trying to preempt that here. Yeah, or even just to show that it's not only readers who think that, right? That um, that That tendency to... Um, you know, think that wizards are capable of more than they are. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, interesting. Bjorning is wondering, uh, does that, does anyone think that Gandalf isn't kind of frustrated that the Aragorn path d didn't work? Maybe he's upset that Carothras didn't work out for the company. Well, if anything, he has been borderline transparent that he didn't want to go up here anyway. On that level, Bjorning, I, I'd say he's being, like, heroic about not saying, I told you so, right? Uh, or even implying, I told you so, here. Um, uh, I mean, would he have preferred that it could wor that it work out? Probably. but um, uh, But he... Yeah, I'm sure he would have preferred for them to get over Karathra safely, certainly than for them to get stuck and freeze to death. Um, but he's felt all along that this was probably not going to work. Um, anyway, Boromir, though, Boromir has his suggestion. Well, when heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, as we say in my country. Um, the strongest of us must seek a way. So, Boromir is finally taking matters into his own hands, literally, right? Remember that Boromir has been on the cusp of taking the lead all the way through, and he has been so careful not to cross that line, right? He's been making tentative suggestions, maybe bringing some firewood would be a good idea, right? Um... Uh, like he, you know, bites his tongue and bites his tongue and bites his tongue. And then finally says, what do you say to fire? Right. Um, and now he finally goes beyond just making a suggestion, um, goes beyond waiting to see what the intrepid leaders of this, uh, <laughs> of this company are going to suggest. And he steps right in. The strongest of us must seek a way. See, though all is now snow-clad, our path as we came up turned about that shoulder of rock down yonder. Remember, this is exactly what people were having a hard time seeing. Like, when we were looking out uh, at the descriptions in the last paragraph, you couldn't even tell where things were, right? But Boromir remembers. Boromir was taking special note, right, that that shoulder of rock down yonder... Was, it was there that the snow first began to burden us, right? That's where we were when it started snowing, or at least when it started snowing seriously, right? So all we have to do is get there. Notice the... Notice the, the... The several different practical steps of Boromir's comments here, right? This is good stuff. Um, first, 
look at this thing that we can all see. Look at this goal, right? Let's set an, an, an achievable goal. Our, is our goal to escape from the mountains? No, it is not. Our first goal is just to get to that point right there that we can see. And here's a reason to think. Here's a reason for hope. Here's a reason to think that once we get there, things might be easier because it was there that it started snowing seriously. So who knows? Maybe it didn't snow as hard down below that point, right? We, anyway, it may prove, maybe it will prove easier beyond. So we have some reason to think that if we can just get to that shoulder of rock, things will be better. So now we can all see our new goal. We have reason to think that uh, if we can get there, things might be better. And hey, it's not even that far. It's only a furlong off, right? A furlong is an eighth of a mile. That's not very far, right? I'm sure we can do that. 660 feet. There it is. There it is. That's right. About, uh, about so yeah, it's like, uh, uh, what is it, about 200 meters? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, even apart from his willingness to go first, right? Um, his leadership tactics here are excellent, right? Notice how he's reorienting things like, let's go, let's go from hopelessness at what seems an impossible task to reorienting ourselves towards an achievable goal, right? And notice also how he transitions into that. When heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, as we say in my country, right? Here's another little oh, a, 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 a quotation of what they say. Like this is a, 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 a sort of a, a f I think that Boromir is doing more here deliberately to lighten the tone than Legolas was. Legolas, is, Legolas himself is light of heart, we're told. Um, and he seemed untroubled. But he doesn't seem to be able to share that exactly. And Gandalf's response is snarky, but doesn't really, is not really cheerful, right? I must have something to work on. I cannot burn snow. I mean, it seems, Gandalf is just, you know, nothing but negative from Gandalf here, right? Um, uh, uh, snarky comment about uh, the elf and then um, uh, and then negatives, right? I can't do it. I can't burn snow. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, the furlong is a delightful unit of measure. Um, I, uh, it's one of my favorite units of measure. Um, that's what I used to, um, I used to joke in my old physics classes that um, my favorite unit of velocity uh, was furlongs per fortnight. Uh, that's, uh, that's my, uh, whereas my favorite unit of, uh, of pressure is slugs per acre. Uh, I, I love, I love archaic uh, units of measure. Um, uh, that's, uh, that's why I'm, not at, I'm never at all moved when all y'all from uh, uh, outside of America tease us for not using the metric system yet. Uh, the metric system is is cool, but boring, like super boring. 
Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for moving in the other direction. I'm all for going back to measuring things and, uh, in furlongs and hogsheads and all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Furlong is still a, a commonly used unit of distance. Um, yeah, I grew up reading all about furlongs, uh, in like the Black Stallion novels when I was, when I was a kid. <laughs> um, but, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, so, never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna go further down that further down that path. In any case, back to Boromir. When heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, as we say in my country. Um, notice how he is. Why does he say that? Why does he start with this like funny little quotation? Notice that he is not putting him, he is still being diplomatic here on the one hand he is taking charge he's not just making a suggestion he's like he steps into the role of leader boosting everybody's morale reorienting the task and then he's going to step forward and do it right he's gonna, he's going to step forward he's going to lead the charge right um but he begins in such a way as to still make his actions not over-intrusive. When heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, as we say in my country. So nobody can figure out a way out of this problem? Well, that's okay. right? Notice he is associating himself with the bodies and like other people like Gandalf with the head. right? And that comes first. right? The implication when heads are at a loss, bodies must serve, the bodies are second best. Right. It's the heads that are most important. Right. So first, you you know, step, you know, plan A is to leave things to the brains to solve. But when the heads are at a loss, right, if the brains don't come up with an answer, then sometimes you've just got to, you know, you, just, you have no choice but to go with the bodies. Right. Um, and so exactly, Mario, even though he is the one who comes up with the solution, he doesn't he could be like, Okay, genius, I've got a solution. How about we just walk the heck down there, right? Um, you know, what's wrong with you, you lily livered? I mean, like, he doesn't, you know, he, he, nothing like that. The opposite of that. He treats his own, by contextualizing, you know, by the heads and bodies thing, he contextualizes it as if his suggestion isn't really an official suggestion. It's just the kind of thing you do when there aren't any suggestions, Right. So, you know, like, yeah, bodies, much less important, really far down the list. But you know what? Even they can be useful sometimes by implication, just like even I can be useful here in this party. You've got Gandalf. You've got Aragorn. Me, I'm just a thug from the South, right? But even I might be able to be a little bit helpful. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's very self-effacing, this introduction. The strongest of us must seek a way. Now, that doesn't sound self-effacing, admittedly, right? And I agree with somebody said earlier, I forget who it was, uh, somebody said earlier that um, uh, it, gave, it, it gave a little glimpse. Um, the strongest of us must seek a way uh, gives a little glimpse of the values of modern Gondor. And I do think we can see, but it's, but, but I would emphasize it's, it's a gentle glimpse even. 
It's just a gentle glimpse. Um, heads are still more important than bodies in his country, right? Um, and um, so the strongest of us must seek a way is not... It still doesn't just elevate strength. Like, what's most important? Strength is what's most important. He's like, no, but... Um, but that's the key that'll fit this particular lock, right? That's that's what he said. You know, it's like, yeah, heads are more, you know, being the smartest and the wisest and the best informed, that's most important. We have our guide. We have our leader in Aragorn and Gandalf, respectively. But I'm the brawniest, and that happens to be what's needed here. So I volunteer, right? Um yeah, <laughs> Boromir's horn says, uh, to be honest, when your party is nearly half made up of hobbits, it isn't too boastful to say the strongest of us. No, in fact, I mean, apart from Aragorn, is there anybody that, like, he needs to have an arm wrestling competition to prove his strength? I mean, I know Gimli is very strong, right? But um, uh, under the circumstances, uh, Gimli is not relevant, right? Um uh, I mean, Gimli would be tunneling the snows over his head. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so... Um, yeah, Kovya will get to that statement by Gimli. I don't fully believe him. Um, yeah, so I, again, I think, once again, we see Boromir's tact and diplomacy at the same time that he is showing his excellent leadership instincts, right? Um, it's Boromir that turns things around. Had he not spoken up here, what comes next? Um, I think it's even significant. Uh, you know, we were joking about Tolkien dialing back Gandalf's ferocity against Legolas, right? Um and it's fairly typical. Gandalf, Gandalf in draft one is so much harsher. Um, but but there's some real sensitivity here. I, there's a reason that Tolkien wrote that really harsh thing about burning Legolas like a torch in the first draft. And that's Gandalf is legitimately frustrated, right? Um, and things are getting tense here. Nobody has a plan. Um, and it is into the midst of that, um, that, um, it's, it's in the midst of that, that Boromir makes his, uh, uh, tactful suggestion and turns everything around, turns everything around, not only with his suggestion and his diplomacy, um, but with his, with his good leadership. Um, it is no more than a furling off, I guess. And Aragorn, to his credit, immediately pitches in with him, right? Aragorn instantly sees, yes, this is their only hope. Their only hope is to um, undertake this very arduous, very difficult task of going... Th I mean, again, I don't know how many of you have ever tried to walk through, you know, four feet of snow, um, but if you're trying to not only get yourself through snow that's up to your chest, um, but to, um, uh, to get to like make a path for others to get through. Um, it's, uh, it's a job of work, right? Um, but Aragorn immediately sees, yep, this is our only chance. 
right? This is this is this is in fact what has to happen. So he 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 perceives the wisdom of Boromir's suggestion. He seems to appreciate the diplomacy of Boromir's suggestion by jumping in and said and saying, "Then let us forth force a path thither, you and I." Notice what he's doing. He's immediately lending his own authority to Boromir, right? Um, he speaks in the imperative, right? Let us force a path thither. If he were just to go along with Boromir, right? If Aragorn were like, good idea, I'll follow you. It might create doubt, uncertainty, right? But he instead, he steps forward. Let us forth a path, force a path thither, you and I. I embrace your suggestion. I, you know, like... I'm Aragorn, and uh, you know I support this uh, this this course of action, and the two of us will do it together. Right? I am co-sponsoring this suggestion. Um, yeah, yeah, and and uh, Scott, I agree. He also does humbly group himself into the bodies category. Right? Um, when heads are at a loss, bodies must serve. You're right. Me too. I'm right there with you. Right. We will. We will. Uh, we will toil and sweat since there's nothing else. Since there's uh, nothing else to be done. Um, and yes, Vardendil, you are completely correct, and I appreciate your Chaucer quote. Um, he knows how to lead. He knows how to follow, and he turns to and puts forth all his strength of hand and heart and brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yes, yes. This is one of Boromir's best moments, but of course, I mean, to me, it's been a running motif of the last two chapters that we've been studying over the course of the last four years, is that um, Boromir has way more good moments than I think most people have been giving him credit for. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, right. As an Obazar, really great point. Really great point. The strongest of us must seek a way. But you're right. He doesn't say that that's him. He doesn't. You're right. He's even more humble than I was giving him credit for. Oh, my goodness. He doesn't even nominate himself. Right? He's not like, you know, flexing uh, while he's saying the strongest of us must seek a way. He's like, you know, he's just making a suggestion. Right? When heads are at a loss, bodies must serve. Right? So. Uh, the strongest of us must seek a way. And then he implies, the, the implication is very much like, um, so, whichever of us are the strongest, naming no names, right? Um, but again, almost with this, like, whoever you think might do a good job, and Aragorn immediately jumps in. You and me. Let's do it. You and I. Let us forth force a path thither. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, and, and he leads by example, belongs mom. Yeah. And is willing to even to go first. Um, I think that that is, this is just as a rhetorical performance. This is very remarkable. Um, very remarkable. Let us forth force a path thither. You and I, um, even again, the thither, with the thither, right? That's Aragorn endorsing Aragorn, the pathfinder, Aragorn, the guide, endorsing Boromir's assessment of the situation, not only his suggestion for what they might do, but endorsing also his, uh, uh, his assessment of their 
uh, the book, yes, that shoulder of rock, that is in fact, that thither is where we should go, right? Um, uh, and thereby implicitly supporting the hope that Boromir has offered, that if they can only reach that point, not a big deal, just that point that we can see right there, right? Um, then maybe it will prove easier beyond. Um, and even his, again, even his final note, it is no more than a furlong off, I guess. Aragorn says, then let us forth, like the, the then, right? Um, makes explicit, like syntactically speaking, starting with then, makes his command the logical conclusion of Boromir's observations. Since that, you know, if that shoulder of rock is where we came up, and if it was that point when it started snowing, and if it's no more than a furlong off, then let us forth force a path hither, you and I. That's sort of the if-then statement, right? That Aragorn he is tagging on his command as the con as as the conclusion of an if-then statement, right? Uh, do you see what I mean? Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, does the strongest of us not include Bill? No. No, it does not. Um, not to say that Bill the Pony is probably not stronger than all the rest of them, um, but horses do not have a fun time in four feet of snow, generally. Um, uh, their legs are not made for making wide paths, like paths through snow, Exactly. Horse legs are not the strongest. That's exactly the problem. Um, he is there in some ways and in some capacities, Bill is the strongest. Um, but yeah, uh, um, that does not work out really well. Um, and yes, as Mudmore says, he's not even uh, as tall as a regular horse. Um, the snow is is probably up over his chest, Bill's chest. Um, there's no way Bill would be Bill would be helpless in the snow. Um, so yeah, yeah, um, not really an option. Um, so, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. The snow would be nose height to Bill by now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Let's look at the first paragraph of the next slide. Aragorn was the tallest of the company, but Boromir, little less in height, was broader and heavier in build. He led the way, and Aragorn followed him. Slowly they moved off and were soon toiling heavily. In places the snow was breast high, and often Boromir seemed to be swimming or burrowing with his great arms rather than walking. Um, just as we saw... Rhetorically, we now see that physically, Boromir is taking the lead and Aragorn is following him, right? Aragorn was the tallest of the company, but Boromir, little less in height, was broader and heavier in build. Wait, how tall is Boromir? 6'4", right? Boromir is 6'4"? Pretty sure Boromir is 6'4", and Aragorn is a little taller. Aragorn's probably 6'6". Um, so yeah, Boromir, Boromir's tall. Um, and he's broader and heavier in build. 
Boromir is 6-4 and buff, right? Um, probably the strongest of us, I think, uh, uh, really most likely. Um, but he immediately sets out and leads the way and Aragorn follows. And I, I think that seems to me admirable in both cases, right? Of Boromir to be the one to, to be willing to take the lead um, and Aragorn to agree to it. Aragorn not to have the pride to insist on going first or something like that, right? Um, slowly they moved off and were soon toiling heavily. Um, this image of Boromir swimming or burrowing through the snow uh, rather than walking uh, is uh, a was always a very striking image. Um, always a very striking image to me. Um, the fact that they... Um, of course, it's also... Pra Aragorn... It's also practical in the sense that Aragorn's, Aragorn's taller, so he can also see over uh, Boromir, <laughs> too. Um... But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, remember the swimming thing, uh, cause I'm going to need your help understanding Legolas next time. Um, but yes, there's also a hint of humility in the men who are the potential king and steward of Gondor to stoop to such manual labor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is not dignified, right? Um, of all of the acts of heroism that Boromir and Aragorn do, this is an important one, right? But it is, it is the most humble. Um, uh, Boromir burrowing through the snow um, is uh, uh, is not as uh, uh, bold and daring as like Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad-dûm or even Boromir standing against the orcs at the end of this book. Um, but yet, this is what is needed. And they both recognize what is needed. Also, notice the, notice the hope that is implied here. Slowly they moved off. Um, it's working, right? They're making progress. Um, we're not told exactly how fast they go, but that they moved off suggests that they are progressing their way down the slope across that eighth of a mile, you know, across that 200 meter stretch down to the shoulder of rock. And as, as the hobbits and the others are watching them, there seems to be an increase of hope, right? This, they could actually do it because if they can get through, then maybe there is hope that they can all escape. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I wanted to finish up with the burrowing in the snow line. Um, we will, uh, begin next time with Legolas's commentary and the weird elf moment that I still, you could, anyway, I'm going to need help with Legolas next time because, as I say, this is a, a bit that has always rather puzzled me. Um, anyway, yeah. Okay. So 
we're going to end. I'm, I'm with great discipline going to end our disc, our book discussion here, because I know if I start talking about the Legolas paragraph, I'm going to be open all kinds of cans of worms. Uh, and I'm totally saving that for next time because I'll keep you guys half the night if we go there. So, um, thank you everybody for joining us for our book discussion. Uh, stay tuned for the field trip as always. And, uh, I should be back. I believe I will, I should have several Tuesdays in a row uninterrupted here. So I am not anticipating being away again on a Tuesday for a while. So, so things could still come up, but, um, but I should be around through like the end of May. So, uh, look forward to some unbroken Tuesdays. Okay. Um, very good, everybody. Here, let me get things fixed up here. Good evening. Good evening. How are you, Valori? I'm doing right as rain. I'm so glad to be back. <laughs> good. Glad you're back. Yeah. March is always one of those weird months for us, isn't it? Yeah, March is always a little strange. Yeah, and uh, we might be bidding farewell to snow, but uh, not out here. We always get that, oops, still winter. Week, yep. You know? Yep. Yes, the uh, all the snow from the big snow uh, has melted here, and uh, just about all, all except the biggest piles, um, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, there's actually green stuff starting to push through in the garden. So yeah, I'm waiting for another snow to bury it all. Uh, just that one last one that does often seem to come. Yeah, and it's funny, too, because uh, this passage where they're burrowing through the snow with their arms, it reminds me so much of uh, my first snowstorm with my husband when we both came to the shocking realization that neither of us had brought a snow shovel to our new home. <laughs> yes. So we ended up having to dig out our car with a baking tray which is, it is. and a broom, which was the widest surface we could find. Yep, it is, it is a shockingly easy thing to overlook. Uh, a snow shovel because you uh, you don't notice it until you need it oh man I, I've been away from the game so long I forgot to convert to raid which is why this is taking forever uh, okay, okay here we go yeah yeah I got it I got it back All in right. back behind the wheel but um, yeah, it's it's also funny that like when I was a kid, I'm sitting there reading this and I'm going, elves are so cool. And the older I get, the more I read Legolas's lines, I'm sitting there going, elves are weird. Elves are weird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's more or less the same trajectory I've crossed through. Um, okay. So we're going to Heron, right? Back to Heron. Uh, you would know. I, I missed last yep, week. Back to Heron. So last week, all we did was um, explore Heron. And oh. I will tell oh. I'll tell you our conclusions. Our conclusions. Okay. So, okay. We're, okay. So well, first let's get the, our conclusion will make more sense when we're looking at it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, the oh, question man. was, of the three, man, it is pouring buckets here at Heron this evening. Um, down. Yeah. Um, so we're noticing the similarity to Brie, right? And we were trying to figure, like, of the three um, 
like um, the the three different eras, the three different epochs of Eriador in the Third Age. Which of the three was this town built in? That is, oh. during the old Arnorian period, like, you know, during the beginning when Arnor was still fine, mm-hmm. during the Arnorian Civil Wars, or post-fall of Arnor. And oh. we decided that the third was the likeliest, primarily because when we went up into the town here, one thing we did not see, either up here or really anywhere else, is any evidence that there was ever a wall. Huh. Everywhere else that we have seen, not only here, but almost everywhere. I mean, like, we'll see the occasional party gazebo parked out in the field, like we just did out to the west of here. But um, in almost every other place, we found towers and castles, right? That's what the Arnorian folks were all building around here. Um, yeah. We saw the like hunting lodges and stuff, which seemed to be back to Epoch One, right? Um, yeah. But all of the Epoch Two stuff was, and and when you look at it, like we're also trying to figure out why the road takes that wacky like beltway bend, or like why is there a beltway around Herna was one of our questions, and of mm-hmm. course the answer was was just obviously avoiding these hills, right? It's just just landscape avoidance going around. Uh, this big cluster of hills here. So this is a nicely defensible spot, especially from this direction facing the north, which of course is where the the enemies of Cardolan would have been coming from in any case. And there's no hint of any old fortification. It's just wooden houses built right up here on the edge. So we were figuring that this spot was settled by basically settlers from Bree who came down the Greenway uh, looking looking for, you know, some space of their own. Uh, and settled here after Cardolan was already gone, basically. That was our that was our theory. And it was mostly due to absence, but also the fact that the style of this is so similar to Bree. Um, I know that Bree's been around for a very long time, and so mm-hmm. you could say, well, like, you know, the fact that it looks the same as Bree doesn't prove it's not old because Bree is super old. Uh, but again, the, we were saying that the houses of Bree are obviously not super old. I mean, like, houses like this could last a good 500 years uh, and especially you could still see like some. <laughs> right, especially in the rain. Um, but, um, but these are just wooden houses. They're not going to last for thousands of years. Uh, uh, yeah. So even Bree itself is presumably mostly the modern, you know, Re- iteration like, right the the latest yeah. iteration of brie yeah, they probably rebuild every 30 years after a fire right yeah or something okay so uh, going on from here i wanted to um i wanted to go down towards the minhiriath i know we can't go there but um but i kind of wanted to just explore am i going the no that's not the right way are there menhirs and the menhiriath the, the the who knows right you'd you'd think um okay right this is this the right road this is the right road okay i because i just want to see i know yeah. we can't get through down there but i want to see if there's any um if there are any ruins or anything else in this direction yeah it's really interesting that we've actually found like a like virgin land on a town yeah yeah i don't think that's come up before Okay. Is the the Ankh-Mor Park thing where most of it is built on top of itself? Right, right, yeah. Okay, and we're finding down here. Just, no, I was about to say just animals, and then we've got who is this? A thief? So we just have like random brigands on this road down here. Hmm. 
So there's 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 brigandry in the south. Well, there's not not a lot from as far as the eye can see. This is a pretty lonely spot. Yes, yes, it is. And I'm not well, seeing any kind of ruin yet. Tell me if you see any ruins. No, it's just rock. Yeah. It's a shame. There's oh. a lot to build it with. Maybe this rock isn't very good for building or building on. But soft. There is a ruin over there. Hang up. Is that? Uh, wait a minute. Pointing. Yeah. Okay. No, this is. Yep, yep, yep. It's not. I was. Oh, I'm like. Is that over in the direction of Tharbad or something? But no, it's not. Uh oh. Can we get from here to there? Do we have. Oh, okay. I thought there was a river up here. No, there's not. Okay. It's just a little plateau. Oh. All right. We do have something. This looks old. Yeah. That's the, where we get thieves. We usually have things that they're trying to loot or disturb. Right. So. Exactly. Oh my goodness. What's going on here? I think there'd be uh, a lot uh, more cursed thieves walking around. Okay, definitely Arnorian. I wasn't sure from the columns themselves. The columns look so weathered, I thought maybe they might be first or second age, but no, no, definitely, definitely Arnorian. This was a, this was a jumbo gazebo at one point. Probably a tower, maybe. You sure it was maybe, a gazebo? Maybe it one of those. Follow the gazebo lines. It doesn't. It doesn't look like a gazebo, except for the. The floor looks like a gazebo floor, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, these towers are so huge. Maybe it was one of those towers uh, with the open bottom floor and then tower up above. We've seen a couple of those. Yeah, uh, there's the big sort of Romanesque arch over here, or what's left of one. Oh, there's an arch. Hang on, where's the arch? Oh, uh, little here. bits of it over here. Oh, you got a little. Just trying to see if we can make out what it was, but. Oh uh... uh, yeah. That's, it's pretty finished. There. Yeah. Whatever it was, it fell a long way. Right. Oh, yeah, look at that. That looks to be like side of tower, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it was the tower. Yeah, like this part my horse is currently standing on looks like a, mm -hmm. looks like a roundish wall. Yeah, very Jum big, wide arch. Jumbled in the fall, yeah. Big wide arch supporting at least, if not a full tower, at least a couple, you know, stories. It might have been open right to the sky, but it was definitely not just a gazebo. No, okay. it's definitely, definitely some sort of tactical position here. I'm going to guess, because of its extreme age, I mean, look how much older this looks than, for instance, those newer Cardolan buildings that we were seeing up where the dead guys were, or the big brown tower right down in the southwest. What, was that? what is that called? Geirvarad, right? Um, mm -hmm. This looks way older than those. So I think this must be a first epoch, an old Arnorian tower. Mm -hmm. tower you think it was a way beacon. station or a beacon? Because it's pretty isolated. It is pretty isolated. A little off the beacon line. I mean, it, if that is, if if I mean, when, and we haven't never seen any evidence of beacons along the Greenway necessarily. Um, I'm looking at the map here. We are on a, not quite a direct line between Tharbad and Sarn Ford, but I don't know why anybody would want. It. Huh? <laughs> You're welcome. Off, on off the beacon path. Off the beacon path. Yeah. No, I, I think I think it is off the beacon path. Um, uh. Yeah. No, I'd say um 
Well, let's 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 look to the west. Somebody was spotting another another ruin out here. Um, it could be a sort of lookout. It could be. I mean, the main remember the main thing that we've seen in this area. Ooh, there's something there. Is that the tower? Is that the? Yeah, that's Gaivarad, way over there. It reminds me a lot of the way stations in Eregion. Just these little places in the middle of nowhere where you just stop yeah. and refresh your horses and get a good night's sleep. Yeah, maybe. Now, ah, uh, this must be the entrance to Minhiriath, where we can't go through, I betcha. Oh, yeah. Of course it's west. Everything's west in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like the other old Arnorian stuff, this I think is old Arnorian too. And like the other, mm -hmm. like, uh, remember how those, um, the hunting lodges look like they were um, burned? This looks yeah. like it was burned too. Oh yeah, the tops are all black. The tops are all black, exactly. Ooh, look at those three statues up above the arch, up above the gate. Oh yeah, we've seen those guys. They're in the they're in the the runes in the Barrow Downs. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Now, of course, that suggests that it could be Cardolan, yeah. but you know, but the stars are pointing up. Um, well, no, the Cardolan stars were pointing up. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say Cardolan. Yeah, you can see where the fire was in the top. You can see some remnants of burnt wood on top. Like they probably yeah. had wooden structure, wooden roof on top, and that's what caught on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Nice new gate on this, though. Yes, With it a very is. Eldritch-looking skull on it. Exactly. Well, uh, not uh, not so very inspiring. Uh... Well, I don't know. They got pretty creative with that, didn't they? Yeah, it is pretty fancy. Yeah, yeah, it's not super sturdy looking. Like, bet we could kick it down real quick. What do you think? <laughs> Come on. Come on. Well, oh, did it clip through? What happened? Okay, I don't know. there we go. I don't know what to think of it. Mm. I don't know what to think of it because I mean the upward pointing stars and the three, you know, kingly figures. Mm -hmm. do seem very Cardolan-like. Yeah. But the ones on the side look more old Arnorian. Uh, which... Yeah. It looks newer, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It leads to a couple possibilities. So let's pursue that one. Possibility mm -hmm. number one is that we've been wrong all along, and let's dismiss that possibility right out of hand. The second possibility okay, is Gandalf. that... <laughs> is that the 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 burned out ruins on the right and left were old Arnorian and the Cardolingians built the center bit to gate it off. Yeah, that, that I mean it looks exactly like that. There's no fire damage on it either. Exactly. Exactly. Um But then who put the gate in cuz it's not even patinated like is that a No, that the a gate's new, clearly quite new. Is that um, new new Angmar? Probably, um, though. Again, that uh, you know, the creativity of like the skull with the vine growing through the eye. I mean, that's uh, that's hardcore. Um, yeah, and uh, a little bit more creative than we've generally seen. Brutal. I don't know if it's Angmar exactly. It could be Isengard, but 
Um, uh, I don't know if the white hand orcs would really get that crazy. No, I don't see any reason for that. I mean, the obvious yeah. connection with the skull is to the, you know, the dead around here. But I don't know yeah. if the gaunt men are making gates. I don't know. It's got the eldritch stamp of Black Numenor. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I can see that. It's, Maybe um, it's a plague gate. Maybe it's a who? Maybe it's a, a plague gate, because uh, Veneriath was uh, largely depopulated by a plague. Well, that was a long time ago, though. Yeah, but, you know, legends persist. Maybe. Maybe maybe they commissioned dwarves to make something that would stand the test of time. Right. Right, so there's a skull on it because they're like, here, be plague, don't go in here, and it's still Yeah, make it scary. Dwarves are like, we can do scary, and make it so it doesn't rust, and they're like, gotcha. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, it does look kind of Death Eater, doesn't it, JJ? I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah. Um, it, it looks like a skeleton you'd find in the old forest. Yeah, the... Well... Yeah. Huh. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to say about it. But it certainly <laughs> does look more recent than the rest of it. I mean, look yeah. at the difference between the gate and, like, the stone directly in the arch directly above the gate. I mean, that's a pretty stark yeah. difference. Even the gate on the other side looks a little older than this one does. The one that's open. Yeah. You know, over there, the portcullis over there. Yeah. Right. I'm just, sorry, I'm just checking the, the joins here. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty pristine. Yeah, the gate is. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, so... Let me think about let's uh we we can head back up now to Hanerna. Okay. Let's see if we can get up to a uh, Gond Orc Hall or somewhere else with a well, I don't I don't know if we're gonna find a milestone up there. Um But um anyway, okay. Hang on. So we're old Arnorians now and we've built that sort of gateway to Minhiriath. Um they would have built that the stonework on the side, because there's a... Isn't there a gap right on the other side? Wasn't there like a river or something? Not, no, there was a cliff. Anyway, there was something over there. I was... We were we were seeing... Well, no, I'm not go back this way. Never mind. Yeah, we're there's no Milestone the, at Gondark Hell, apparently. That's what there's says. not? Okay. Yeah. Ah, well. Um, I'll have to go to Adena. We'll have to go to where? Adena. Oh, ba- I see you've been ba- saying it. <laughs> back to Hanerna. Back to Hanerna. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll go back to Hanerna. Um, Sorry, I still drop all my H's and stuff. Hanerna, sure, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd have to go to Katernost. That's awful far. Isn't that awful far? It's pretty far. Oof. I don't know. Maybe we could do it. Uh, if we rode straight through, maybe we can do it. Anyway, okay, so... You uh, you make this entryway down from Minhiriath, which is labeled on all the old maps. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, they were down there in, as Tolkien joked, Mesopotamia. Um, uh, that is the area between the two rivers. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what Minhiriath means. And um, then you're coming up here into Eriador, it was not like before the 
Cardolan folks, uh, it wasn't anything, um, you know, wasn't anything significant. It wasn't anything, uh, like, there was no country here, really. They're just, we've yeah. not seen anything but a few outposts. That one tower was one of the most interesting things that we saw as far as um, real old Arno old Arnorian structures. The only thing that we saw other than that were those couple hunting lodges. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to Hannah. I guess we can give it a, we, we, we can have a go. Sure. We, we could probably make it. Okay, let's just ride off in that direction. We'll explore Gond Orkal next time, but let's see if we can get to the next milestone. Tharbad looks closer. Yeah, it is, but I want to go there last, so um, we'll we'll make it work. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go clockwise through my plan. I was talking about this, Flory, at the end of last time. I want to do. <laughs> I want to go up to like Endrath up there, and then out to Katarnost, and then the South Downs. And then circle around through Sedgemead, and then finally back down to Tharbad. You see, so I want to, want to kind of do the whole thing. But I definitely want to come to Tharbad last, last because that's the big, uh, it's the big excitement. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. We're coming to the edge of the Beltway. We've seen this is the second. This is that second hunting lodge that's coming on up ahead. I don't think it counts as at the Beltway if it doesn't have signs that are confusing as to which direction you're going in. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Am I supposed to know if we're going north or south, despite the fact that it goes east or west or clockwise or counterclockwise? It's true. But the DC Beltway? Yeah. Well, That's the outer more... loop is clockwise, the inner loop is counterclockwise. Yeah, but the signs say north and south. Or... Yes, yeah, the signs don't help yeah. with that. Yeah, they don't help. Just you think the signs would make that clear? I also think roundabout should uh, give their exits according to clock. Yes. Stuff. That's the other one. Rather than okay, at so, the fifth exit. No, 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 no. Just say right. six o'clock. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so up on the hills up there, that's Tiran Gorthod up there that we're seeing. Okay. I'm just reorienting myself. Oh, yeah, hang no, on. I should follow you guys. Little ruin here. Little, oh, couple little ruins. Hang on, we're not gonna probably oh. come back here. So let's uh, let's let's okay. take a little look. Just if, it, if we take too long, we can stop at Herna and come back to Karnos next time. But oh my goodness, look at all wow. this. We got we got we got forests of columns around yeah, here. It's not baby ruins. It's big ruins. Okay. All right. This well. They're like croquet wickets. Yeah. Very interesting. This was a. Sorry, accidentally hitting the map. Is this part of like one big old huge circle? I should think so. Looks like it. So what is this? Oh, a big old, big old bridge. Colonnade. Yeah. What was this? There's, you don't see anything on the ground, do you? There's no stones or like. Uh, there's stones some over. Or... Trying to see if these over here are parts no, of I the. No, I mean, yeah. Uh, no, no, this is natural stone over here. Yeah. No, it all got probably all sank into the ground or got scavenged. Scavenged or was it yeah, open or? Yeah, the rest out here is huh. all natural stone. So, this is leading me to think this is. There's no way this was a defensible thing. No, 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 no. Whatever this was was some kind of 
I don't even know what. Temple, maybe, or... Parade ground, uh, you know, picnic location, uh, dog walking park. No idea, but it was open, possibly with a grass floor. And it doesn't look like it had a ceiling. Like, I don't think there was anything resting on top of what we see there. Maybe above something those wouldn't. Maybe something Maybe wouldn't, something but it would have rotted away. Conceivably, sure. Uh, but, we um, don't know it was open grass. There might be some stone under here. No, but generally we've seen, I mean, we've seen stone in the ground surviving pretty well, like in the gazebo circle we just saw. Huh. Okay. So I want to. So let's go over to these other columns over here. Yeah, third age here, festival grounds. That's right. Because here we have the big fat columns again, like we had down alongside the road to Minhiriath. That looks like way meat. These are just columns. Yep. Nothing but the columns. No evidence of anything. Well, we got a road here. Yeah, right. this is the old road here. The square stones. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, that's... That's... Yeah, over a there, part of the Greenway, I think. Yeah, like a marketplace or travel route or just a place for merchants to stop and, and camp or have festivals or something makes most well, sense. It is at a crossroads. And a big bridge. Well, it's making me doubt myself now because these columns look just like those other columns we saw. The, the really old ones down by Minhidia. Yeah. And yeah. so I would think they would be first epoch too, but goodness, I had no idea what that would have been. Uh. What would be the point of these? Would there have been some kind of pavilion or an aqueduct? Yeah, but it's only three and But it's a main road but it's a major road over here. I, I wanna say it's something like some sort of marketplace with uh with structures nearby so you could hold market while in during bad weather. And it is right at the crossroads. Yeah. Right at the crossroads of the Greenway and you know the Great North Northwest Road. Yeah. And then this side road out to Andra so people could come down uh assuming people lived up there at Karanost, right? They would but I thought, but this is why I'm doubting myself, because if it was built at the time that Karnost was a city, I've been assuming that Karnost is a second epoch city, is a, is a Cardolan city, not hmm. an old Arnorian city. Could have just been built on top of it again. Um, yeah, maybe we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I'm going to say this case, is an Arcadian or some sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would assume that there was stuff that hasn't survived, Rowan, I agree. Things like um, farmland and small villages, absolutely, sure. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know why they would build pillars like this, but maybe there was a a good reason. Yeah, because this is some sort of colonnade to announce, you know, to kind of mark where the, you know, the the rest area was, you know? 
Yeah, I mean, it's right by a bridge and a water source. It's a perfect place for one. Right, and a crossroads. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I'm seeing some of those, you know, some, some of those um, marketplaces in Europe where they, they have the, the columns and people just put awnings over them. Yeah. What is up with these plates on the wall? It almost looks like writing on them. Uh, yeah, like bronze or something. It's like beaten up bronze plates. It almost looks like it. Whatever it has been worn away a long time ago. It looks like the vine pattern that's coming off. Or wearing out. What, like the, um... Like the ones we see in the gazebo. Hmm. It just could very be weathering. Odd. It's very organic looking. It is, but... Hmm. It, it implies there's some sort of join or fault line that goes all the way through that uh, is a particular stress point. Maybe. What do you figure for this bridge? Old Arnorian or Cartilingian? Well, it's got that blue thread. Which is kind it. of old Arnorian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, the, so there's new bricks. You notice that the, there's new bricks on top of the old bricks. Oh, like the the bricks on the like the, the bricks the on the bridge bricks. are yeah the paving yeah. stones on the bridge are newer than the ones on the road, and you can see it goes right over it like the like yeah. uh, the bridge had to be repaved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're a different color from the sides of the bridge, too. Yeah, it's red like the surrounding rock. Yeah, yeah. It, there's probably good clay down in that river. You could probably make a lot of bricks. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Well, from here, now that we're across the river, let us uh, be disciplined. And I'm going to now officially not pay attention to anything and go straight <laughs> to the new milestone. And then we'll start our explorations from there. JJ48 oh, says, says the in-game music uh, swelled dramatically when we were talking about the bridge, so it must be right or we're incredibly wrong. <laughs> right, right, Just okay. Just for dramatic irony. All you know. right, I'm turning here because it's the direction we must go and not because I'm not paying attention to that thing over there. I am barely even interested in the ruins we are headed towards who are declaring their dating to us in about as loudly and repeatedly as they possibly can almost contemptuously exactly right whoa wow that is this city <laughs> what a relief <laughs> <laughs> this this city I'm paying no attention to is certainly would certainly be very here. interesting to look at once we pay attention to it. And it's also a good thing that I am not hatching any theories about it. Nope, nope, nope. Nothing, nothing. Got my blinders on. Nope. Not even looking at the defensive structures through which we are passing. <laughs> oh, in Dead. I'm only. Is there a milestone somewhere around? Is this a on friendly the far side? On the Not far friendly. side, because this is enemy territory. We gotta get. Uh -huh. Oh, here's some stairs. 
does it go to a place where we will be safe? Oh, wow. Oh, a lot of stairs. Not wheelchair accessible. My goodness. Holy cow. That's quite a shift in altitude here. Yeah. This might be well, one of the better preserved bridges we've had. Mm-hmm. Not that I've noticed. Nope, nope. Not that I'm Because I'm paying no attention. Nope. Um, nor have I noticed any of those green lines in the architecture. Yeah. No, we have particularly nope. talented horses, JJ. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah, they do handle the stairs perfectly. Especially Absolutely. Drake. Okay, here we are. Alright. On the safe side of the bridge. In Sirland. Oh, there's a milestone. Yep, over here. Okay. Alright. Milestone it up here. Yep. And there I think go. we should have plenty to look at from here next time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah there's well. a stable too yeah a stable master yeah <laughs> where's the stable master oh, down no. here not here down here where down the stairs i'm putting another beacon up hang on <laughs> another stairs another set of stairs there we go there we go follow the light oh, okay there we go. gotta look up to see get the some more of these these are very useful Wait, where's your beacon? I'm missing it. A big blue light. Big blue light, huh? Yeah. Bango left at the yellow light. Yeah. Uh, down the stairs. Down the stairs. Yeah, go to the milestone and go, yeah, milestone, then down the stairs towards the blue light. Okay. No, it's gone. To your left. Uh-oh. Help. I did not realize that was an actual pond. Oh, around the corner. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. There we go. Those stairs. Oh, I see. I was on the wrong set of stairs. Oh, yeah. That'll do her. Okay. Turn yeah. wise. Turn Great. Wise. Okay. Greetings. All right. Phew. Boy. All right. Um, excellent. Okay. So, yes. My goodness. There's plenty to discover here. Yes. Um, okay. Um, so, fortunately, we haven't been paying attention. So, um, there will be lots to discover anew, as if we've never seen it before, because we functionally have not seen it before. Uh, so we will start our, our explorations here next time and try to figure out, uh, what was going on here and who built this. Because mm. this is, uh, this is very interesting. What I did not see was very interesting through here. So, thanks everybody. <laughs> Uh, I will I will look forward uh, to some deep exploration of these perfectly enormous uh, ruins and uh, we will uh, look forward to that next time. Thanks everybody. Bye. Bye now.